Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100 Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced, the 100 Hits Compilation Series. My name's Josh Earl, and joining me this week, first time to the pod, please welcome, it's Emma Holland, everyone. Yay. Hi, my name's Emma Holland. My name's Emma Holland. Excellent. Just, just like you, Josh. I'm just, I, I, I'm just like you. You're just like me. Are you saying that because you're using your partner's Zoom and it says a different name there? Uh, yeah, okay, well, it says Duncan Michael Turner. I don't, don't blow up his spot. He <laughs> you, might not, you didn't not, want to say his government name, but I will. I'm not afraid. <laughs> he might not want people to know his middle name. No, no, he's he's proud of he's proud of his strong Irish name. Oh, cool DMT. He's cool. D- DMT, indeed. Yeah. It's it's come up a lot. It was the first joke I made. We started dating, and I think that's when he knew. <laughs> and he just started calling you E as E and DMT. Here we go. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. My uh, my initials are uh, uh, it's uh, not as not as good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we named our son Oliver James and put it out there. And Carl Chandler, first thing he said, "Oh, cool, OJ." And I'm like, "No." Yeah, like, you got a little OJ. Why would you do that to me? I can't yeah. change it now. Little OJ with little hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The glove do not fit. You must acquit. Too big. <laughs> hey, um, we're talking about hums and hits. Did you 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 were too young to have any of these? Did you have So Fresh? Yeah, yeah. I had um, a So Fresh album, and my favorite song in it was the Hampton and the Hamsters Hamster Dance song. Yep. And I had my mum bought me a karaoke machine for my birthday when I was seven, and it was all I'd listen to was that just whole album on repeat. And I'd always try and um, get dressed for school before Hampton and the Hamsters started playing. Yeah. And so it's now this like Pavlovian response of just like fear and stress. And there was one time when I was like, I'd bunk beds and I was trying to put my um, tights on and I fell off my bunk bed with my tights, like half up and like scrap, like cut my knee open from it. And Hampton and the Hamsters was playing in the background. So now it's just quite this haunting memory. And I don't appreciate you bringing it up, Josh. I'm sorry. I didn't bring it up. You did. That's uh, right. So a karaoke machine, were you yeah. a bit of a singer as a kid? Oh yeah, I was like a proper little like trained, um, like solo and choir kind of thing. Yeah, was, I was a soprano. <laughs> was SingStar available though? Yeah, uh, but we didn't have PlayStation. I only had oh, the karaoke okay. machine, so I just do like we we just play like uh, we were radio present presenters, and all we do is just turn the knobs up and down on the volume. You know, like yep. a DJ does. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, so uh, the year we're talking about, it's 2001. We're doing the second half of volume 33. So Danielle Walker did the first half. Great. Emma, Emma Holland, the second half. Now, you would have been very, very young in 2001. We've been six. Five, oh, yeah, six times. That, that's all right. You kind of, you know, you, you know pop songs. You listen to what mm-hmm. your parents are listening to in the car. I, I think I'd remember some stuff, yeah. Yeah, you're probably listening to, like, watching video hits in the morning or Rage, depending yep. on... If Big parents, rage girl. Yeah, that's good. Uh, 
Now, for the listener, no, normally I send through the songs we're going to talk about beforehand. This is this is worked out so quickly. Within 25 yeah. minutes, we're like, do you want to do a pod? Yeah, let's do it now. Great. So The one time I'm on my emails was the one time you emailed me. It usually it takes me days to respond, but I was just like out walking my dog, having a check. It was <laughs> great. Out perfectly. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about these songs. Now, Emma has not heard these songs before, so I think no. it's going to be lots of fun. All right. So we're gonna Maybe keep... I have. Who's to say? Well, yeah, not in, in this order ether. though, yes. I reckon that there'll be a few that you would, you'd know. Okay, the first one, it's the first time they've been on the pod. English band, they're called Morchiba, and this is their song, <laughs> Be Yourself from Fragments of Freedom. It's 2001, Emma. Yeah. Waka waka. That's you and your, and your sister on the dog, there. Yeah, I hear it. think that was a journey <laughs> i reckon there was four changes in that that i didn't see coming <laughs> and it was only one minute and two seconds we listened to yeah yeah started out i was like oh this is like a, gonna be a smashing pumpkins type thing yeah. and then the waka waka hit and i was like oh my god it's mcfly yes. and then a woman started singing and i was like wow this is actually quite beautiful and then the men joined in and then it sounded like s club seven <laughs> do, do you know what i think listening to it, it sounds like music that if you were a primary school teacher, you'd put on in the classroom for the kids to clean up to, and it's got a positive message. Oh, Be yeah. yourself. There's a bit of it's a bit of funk. You can get around and move. It's it's nice. It's like it's got every part of 2001 in it. Yeah, they were like, just put it on. We don't know, just everything, everything that's going well, just chuck it in. <laughs> yep. So uh, I said the English band. So it's two brothers, uh, Paul and Ross Godfrey, and vocalist mm-hmm. Sky Edwards. So this is from their third album called Fragments of Freedom. Which was third album. Third album. Their most successful oh. album in this country. Got to number 11 in the charts and number six in the UK. Soundtracked many a dinner party. This is real mm. dinner party chill out music. Now, you would not know this, but in 2001, there was a big chill out movement. Everyone loved <laughs> chilling out. You know what? I remember being very relaxed. Yes. <laughs> there was Mochiba, there was Groove Armada, Goldfrap, Moby. They all dominated, dominated this scene of like, all right, let's go out to the clubs, but let's come back. It was before Netflix and chill. It was like, let's put on some chill out albums and just yeah. have, have, relax. Have a good time. Yeah. Was this when like key parties were in? I think that's. Was that more of an 80s? <laughs> 80s and 70s kind of stuff. Okay. Swingers. We'll say it was the yeah. swingers era. The key parties were before STIs were a thing. Great. Yeah. yeah. Before they were invented by the yes. government. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big STI. We're getting it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big STI. So they're a three piece. Uh, they had a fair share of internal conflict. In 2003, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, after four well-received albums, the brothers decided they were no longer gelling creatively with Sky, mm-hmm. and who she also wasn't happy with the direction they were going. 
Like you said. That's so weird because she was the best part of that song. <laughs> I know. And she, they put in everything. So I don't know what they were saying no to if they didn't gel creatively. Yeah. Unless she was saying, hey, do we need every single every single instrument? Do we need it? Are the brothers identical? No, they're not identical. Well, that, that says a lot. Yeah. No. Uh, so, and then their manager called Sky to say that it was over. Mm-hmm. She thought the band was over. So she was happy. She was like, all right, well, I'm going to do solo stuff. And cool, because I was like writing my own stuff and they didn't let me have much creative control. Mm. No, the band wasn't over. <gasps> Just her role in the band was over. And they got the manager to call her and tell her. Yeah, they didn't call That's, her. <laughs> what a dog act. <laughs> yeah. She and only... where are they now without her? Hmm? <laughs> well, a bit of foreshadowing. We'll get to that. Now, okay, great. <laughs> a year later, she realized that the band was still together because they released a new album. Okay, and she was so she didn't even know they'd just stuck around. No, but (laughs) but the manager kept her on as a client, and and the same label, like yeah, let's let's do stuff with you as well. So she put out two uh, solo albums as well. Their album they did without her was called The Antidote, and Daisy Marty was the new vocalist. Daisy Mm -hmm. recorded the album after she recorded the album. They fired her, and then got someone else to go on tour with them. And then okay, I just reckon these guys hate women. I'll say (laughs) if no one else will. Also, women of colour, I should put, that's probably another like, Absolute strike dogs. against them. Yep. Arrest them. <laughs> I'd say send them back to England, but they're already there. <laughs> uh, then they employed a woman called Jodie Sternberg. She completed the tour and then was sacked after that, which came as a shock to her. So she sued the brothers for breach of contract and defamation. Good. Good. And so I think this is why they needed to make some chill out albums because that was intense in that thing. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of them playing their own music, walking into court yeah. as well, just trying to bring the vibes. Guys, it'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay, so fast forward to 2009 and Mochiba, they're still on the label. Sky Edwards is still on the label. And she just happened to run into the Godfrey brothers in at the record label. Mm. They asked her what she was doing. She asked them. And then they got the manager to call back the next day to Sky, say, hey, the brothers would like to know if you'd like to come back and join Morchiba. Don't do it, Sky. Don't do it. She did. She's back. No! But Sky! He, but here's where the truth comes out. So it appears that the Godfrey brothers, they weren't getting on themselves. And so Paul wanted to break mm. the band up. Ross and Sky, they were very close. And so they were like, no, no, the, we're going to keep doing the band. And he said, all right, if you're going to keep Morchiba's name, you have to buy me out. You have to buy my half or my third of the album of the band out. A grace they did not give to Sky. I no, won't. <laughs> no. And they didn't. So they just called themselves Sky and Ross for an album. Great. And then he called himself something else, some more cheaper with more cheaper in the title. And then he just went, oh, fuck it. And then so now Sky and Ross with their partners are more cheaper now. They released an album last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Ross is the only original member. Uh, yes. Kind of. It was. He's the only one who's been through the entire time. He's seen had, it through it ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. Sky had a five year break, and uh, the other and Paul, he's he's gone. I'm starting to think maybe Paul was the toxic one. Yeah. Um, well, but... when your own brother turns on you in the press, that's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, Liam Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really the oasis of um, the 2001s, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of the chill out movement. Yeah, the oasis um, of the oasis era, if you yeah. will. All right, moving on to Australia. Big, oh. big band. They're from 
where you're currently located. Brisbane. Kind of Br- Brisbane band. This is Savage Garden and their song, Chained to You. Yeah. Sounds like Love Shack at the start. I love Savage Garden so much. Oh, good. Doesn't sound very 2001. Yeah, yeah, I can play. I can play forty percent, and then and then talk about it. All Savage Garden songs sound exactly the same in the best possible way. It's like I know what I want when I'm going to listen to Savage Garden. Yeah. I know what I'm getting. There's two types of they songs. Deliver. There's the ballads, and then there's the the dance numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I oh, agree. I it, both both genres sound very similar. I didn't know they were from Brisbane. Yeah, Darren, Darren and Daniel. Uh, Darren and Daniel. Yep, Darren was on my old podcast. I've talked to him about coming on this one. He's a very, very busy man. He wants to come on. Uh, but I think this is the last time his band is actually on the on the show. So No. Yeah. But yeah, he was uh yeah, we were back and forth talking about Have you had any um Regurgitator on? Yes, I had Quan on. Um here's a fun fact about Regurgitator. My mum and dad uh used to live in the house they recorded a few of their albums in. Not the bubble. Um, they didn't live in the bubble in Fed Square. No, not the <laughs> bubble. They lived in. I think it was Quan's mum. Actually, it was her house, and they built. There was like a little um, granny flat downstairs, and they built a studio in there and recorded some of their albums in there. And that is the room where Duncan and I spent most of lockdown because oh. we had to we had to isolate in that room. And you could let me tell you, you could feel it in the walls. <laughs> you could feel a bit of uh, I like your old stuff better than your new stuff. Yeah, and I, t- I got to talk to Ben from Regurgitator as well, and I was like, I thought my mum was making this story up. And I was like, did you guys happen to record in, like, a house nearby? And he goes, oh, the Barton house. I was like, oh, yeah. That's always fun. So I, for a brief time, for about six months, lived in Charlie Pickering's old house. Oh. Only because he was breaking the lease and he said, do you want to move in? So me and my wife moved right. in. But before that, uh, the Australian author Sonia Hartnett lived there. I don't know if you oh. know her book. She's won like Book of the Year prizes for yeah, yeah, young know. adult fiction. But before that, and it's like a, I was actually saying this to Alex Ward just the other day, there was a therapist who lived there and one of her clients came over and murdered her in the house. Wow. What a beautiful legacy to be a part of, Josh. Yeah. You're going to go down in history with her. So, um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And my wife, when we were living there, also worked as a therapist. Yeah, it's all connected. You know, and one of our clients has turned up there now, <laughs> murdered whoever, murdered Charlie Pickering, yeah. R.O.P. <laughs> okay, so this song, 
The fifth single from the second and final Savage Garden album, Affirmation. The album sold over 8 million copies, was the highest selling album of 2000 by an Australian band. This song, even though the fifth single, still peaked at number 16 on the ARIA charts. By then, 8 million people have bought this album. Like you think they've already got a copy of it, but still enough went out and bought it. Um, There was no music video made for it. So when they played it on Rage, they played uh, the group's performance from their Superstars and Cannonballs live DVD. Yep. Live DVD. There's a there's a sentence <laughs> we haven't said in a while. <laughs> uh, so the story behind the song, uh, Darren explained, it was his first ever gay kiss. He was in New York City at a Brooklyn nightclub called Splash. And he was still in the closet, although he said that people at the record label knew he was gay because there was a very good-looking guy who worked at the label, and every time mm. he'd walk in to see if Darren needed a coffee or something like that, Darren would blush. And then the publicist, Aww. yeah, the publicist pulled him aside and said, "All right, we know you're gay," and he hadn't come out himself, and so he was very much denying it. And like, it's fine, we're just not going to tell people, okay? Because we want you Aww. to sell. And this is what it was like. I talked to Monique Brumby uh, earlier in the week as well about the same thing. Like, music industry in the '90s and early 2000s was like, no, well. Teenage girls are not going to buy your albums if they think you're gay, mm. which I think now has flipped the other oh. way. <laughs> every every teenage girl is an ally. Yeah. We all know this. Yeah. This is one of the few Savage Garden singles that didn't make the cut for their greatest hits compilation. Are you serious? Yeah. But it's too, their greatest hit. <laughs> too many hits. Too many hits. That, I mean, that's what happens when you, when you write too many bangers. Yeah. All right. There's no room for the short change. <laughs> We are going to move on. We've talked about these guys a lot, so much. This is the second single from their In Blue album. This time, they've seen the rise of country pop star Shania Twain and went, I'll have what she's having. So they got old dirty dog himself, Mutt Lang, to produce and co-write this song. This is The Cause and their song, Irresistible. Yeah. Thanks, cause. I love watching your concentration as you ride the line between legal and illegal. <laughs> I see laser focus, I'm like, and stop. <laughs> well, sometimes I stop it before like a good bit and people mm. get annoyed that I didn't let the whole chorus play or there's a mm. bit after the chorus or a great line. So I'm, I'm making sure that I, I give the people what they want, which is <laughs> the, the power <laughs> the power of the cause. 
Um, were there two key changes in that, or am I crazy? I think there was. I think there was one key change there, and then I think in the song there might be two key changes. Yes. It sounded like there was one after they all went irresistible. Maybe there, there was, was a key change, was... and then there was one at the chorus. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Mutt Lang, he knows what he's doing. Maybe I just wanted there to be. Yeah. So Mutt, <laughs> I'm projecting. Mutt's off the back of "Come On Over," the highest selling album of the '90s. Uh, so of course it makes sense it's a band like the Coors who were like you know they were working in Celtic folk with a pop kind of crossover appeal going mm. oh let's let's work with a guy who made the country star into a pop star uh, he's been involved in a lot of big songs so he wrote all of come on come on come on over he wrote all of Def Leppard's Hysteria he wrote everything I do I do it for you by Brian Adams <laughs> that was number one in the UK for twelve weeks. Oh, my God. He also wrote the Backstreet Boys, It's Gotta Be You. Great. And then he wrote this song. And I reckon this song sounds like he's been paid a lot of money to write a song and just was like, ah, oh, we'll just we'll just. This sounds like if you out. got the cause to write a parody song of Shania Twain. <laughs> it's yes. exactly what it is. No, this is what it, it's, it's, you're writing a song because you've been paid to write a song, not because you feel that need to, I'm inspired to write a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's no heart in it. <laughs> yeah. You can the tell. Che- the check was irresistible. The, che- the check was irresistible. Yeah. Uh, did, did you listen to, do you know of the cause? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard a bit of that. I know like... Uh, I've got a weird, like, a broken pop culture brain where I know of everything. Yeah. Um, so I definitely know who they are and, like, what they're about. I don't think I've ever properly listened to them, though. Yeah. I, you know, you can you can not. That could be a, a, gap, oh, great. a gap in your music knowledge and you'd be fine. Uh, awesome. Uh, although Sharon Core, I was doing research. So, so her brother, Jim, is the he's kind of gone weird on Twitter and he's very... Oh, uh, has he? Yeah. So yeah. Has, has someone from the early 2000s gone weird on Twitter, have they? <laughs> yep. Well, she, in 2009, won Ms. Twitter UK. What does that mean? It what means, You look me in the eye and tell me what that means right now. In 2009, some magazine had a Twitter. Who's the best on Twitter? We're going to give a Mr. and oh, a Ms. God. <laughs> and she won Who it. Who got Mr.? I didn't look it up. I was, it was enough for me. I was like, I don't need to know. But I really her, and she goes, I don't know what happened. I think it was a lot of people were jokingly put me forward, but my fans really jumped onto it. And so she goes, I don't know what it means. It just means that I, I tweet out, and it's great to see fans all over the world. She's very earnest about it. Yeah, I earnest tweets um, I find hard to digest. Yeah. I, me too, but sometimes I've been guilty of it. It's like 11.45 at night, I'm on the couch going, oh, maybe I'll, oh, I've just watched but something. Guys, I'm, I'm so like, grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just having a moment. I, I delete them the next day, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you don't mean it when you write it. No. It's <laughs> all that matters. All right, moving on. Oh, this next act is the podcast's new Diesel. Every episode <laughs> feels like she's on. This is Billy Piper. Oh. Love it? I love Billy Piper. Great. Well, this is her song, Walk of Life. <laughs> For someone else I don't want to talk about myself 
my age i i was obsessed with billy piper as a kid because i love doctor who ah and i didn't i didn't know she was a singer until i was 15 (laughs) and it blew my mind she only released two albums it was a very really yeah but it was very big two albums especially in the uk yeah 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 so this was the beginning of the end for her as a pop star this was the title track from her second album the first single of hers to miss out on the top five in the uk oh Criminal. Peaked at 24. Uh, 24? Yeah. For Billy Piper. I know. The country's broken. (laughs) It's time to let go. I've said it before. The UK, there's something going on over there. It's it's, it's, not right. It's it's not right. Uh, NME reviewed it with a very harsh review. says, sounds nice but lacks the excitement of her previous work. And I've been been reviewed as nice before. It always feels like it's not a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel good. Yep. It's like they, to, to me, that reads as they, they're afraid you're going to self-harm if they say anything bad. Yeah. Um, she, this to me, it sounds like the walk of life sounds like a charity that school kids do. They, <laughs> like the MS Readathon, yeah. this is the, the walk of life. Really for do, life, yeah. Yeah. fun runs, yeah. Yeah, we're all going to walk for like a whole day and we're going to do a relay and we want you to. Yeah. It does have the vibe of like the music video would just be a lot of people of different ethnicities holding hands and smiling. Yeah. yeah. Great. And and then walking back and there was only there were two footsteps and then only one because they carried them on the way back. Yeah. So, yeah. That's deep. beautiful. De- I'll I'll tweet I'll tweet that eleven forty five tonight. Um, <laughs> so this was the final single she ever released. Uh, there was meant to be another one, but she scrapped it because this one didn't get the good reviews. So she like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm Billy. done. The album uh, Walk of Life was first released in Japan and then the UK a few months later. So I think they were like going, let's test it in a market that we know will do well, but we'll actually see how they react to it and then we'll make some tweaks. And they uh, changed the track listing order and also did a few remixes of some of the tracks on the UK. This one wasn't even released in America, even though she'd had a hit, mm. Honey to the Bee. This is, this is why I do all my trial shows in Japan. Yeah. It's such a, <laughs> such a good read. <laughs> So you were obsessed with Doctor Who? Yeah. I've never yeah. watched an episode. I I only watched it for a very short time. Um, and it was just, oh, it was one Christopher Eggleston series and then yeah. both of David Tennant's. Yeah. I don't know if he did one or two. But that that was all I ever saw was those three seasons and I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And I used to have really, really bad dreams about Cybermen. <laughs> really awful. So... She, for those who have never watched Doctor Who like me, she played Rose Tyler. Yeah, so I she was there the entire time I was watching it. Yeah. So the Doctor changed, but Rose never changed. Yes. And so I, I felt very connected to Billy Piper. Well, there was talk. I don't know if this has happened, but there was talk of her having her own spinoff called Rose. As she should have. Called Rose. And then there was also talk of her becoming the Doctor. Oh. Yeah. 
but that they, would have been a um spanner in the works a is. screwdriver in the works if you will to all the fans <laughs> out there uh but people were uh, amazed at how how she transitioned from pop star to actor everyone's like she actually is an amazing actor and oh uh, she's unbelievable she was named best actress at the tv choice awards in 2005 i think or 2006 yeah that's yeah that would have been my choice also but she's also so now directing work. as well what's she directing she's directed a film Oh yeah, uh, I lo- you know what? I want everything good for her in this world. Well, she's directed a film, and it's about uh, a, a mother being separated from uh, her ex, who's uh, goes a bit right wing, which is very much like her life went. So for nine years, what? she was she was with some actor who is now he was very anti lockdowns, anti uh, uh, anti uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vaccine. And uh, women, <laughs> and that was the other one, yeah. And he's anti oh, really? anti uh, blowing up the nuclear family. And that man, Jordan Peterson, sound familiar? <laughs> he's blowing up the nuclear family, it's got nuclear in the title. <laughs> what do you mean? Jordan Peterson is one of those people I've never gone in on. I, I know his whole thing was make your bed. And I know he's like mm. just one of these guys who's like, no, this is how it's always been. So this is how it must be. And that he ate only meat for a while. Josh, I, I mean this with a lot of love. You are his target audience. Oh. <laughs> you you could absolutely be Peterson pilled at any point. Well, the other night I did uh, Ben Russell's impro show and people mm. were making a lot of Jordan Peterson jokes. And I just was, one, I was out of my element because it was an impro show and I hadn't mm. done that since uni. And then this one, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, I'm just going to sit on the side and let everything wash over me. Yeah. He, he, I think he's a deeply troubled man and he's had a lot of um, uh, ins and outs with medical stuff. And I feel quite bad for him. But he says some just insane shit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, not, it's not good stuff, Jordan. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break now. I'm going to look up all of Jordan Peterson's back catalogue and I'll come back after these. Have a, have a read. Read his 12 read. rules. It'll change you. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Ugh. Well, I'm going I'm to buy whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Now, they're back you don't know what's coming up. I'm excited to get your take but on this back. band. They're back. Not all of them are back. Only four of them are back. Oh. This is the Spice Girls from their third album, Forever. And this is Holla. Here we go. I won't keep waiting for you 
There you go. That sounds like something I would have done jazz ballet to as a kid. It's it's very different from their previous stuff. Yeah, it's got that two thousands um like ding, you know, the like really high pitched chime that's just like ding. ding. Yep. Yeah. So that's it, that's quite jarring. Uh-huh. So they have a different songwriting team for this one than their first two albums. Mm. Uh, because when Jerry left, she also took the songwriting team with her. We've talked about Jerry this leaving was for me like how kids felt when Zane left One Direction. Yeah. Did you have it was that hard? Did you have any Spice Girls like posters or Oh uh, uh, yeah. I absolutely you, obsessed with them. The impulse deodorant, did you have that? No, I was just too young to, to use deodorant. Yeah. I didn't need to. I smelled amazing. I had that baby set. Oh, yes. You know? I, but I loved the movie so, so much. Yeah. Um, it was like all I watched as a kid. I loved all their songs. I loved uh, Baby Spice because her name was Emma. Oh, of course. She was my favourite. Um, and then I reckon, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know they were still making music after Jerry left. So this was a, this was a new realisation for me. Well, this the team who worked on this ones were uh, the Jerkins Brothers. That's their Great. name. <laughs> Hell yeah. And a guy called LaShawn Daniels. Now, these guys had a history with working some of the biggest names in pop. They helped write Brandy and Monica's song, The Boy Is Mine. Great pop song. That checks out. Yep. They also wrote Destiny's Child's Say My Name. You know, you can hear all of that influence in this song. And also Michael Jackson's You Rock My World. They co-wrote that. (laughs) Okay. Yep. This went to number one in the UK. It was their ninth time going number one making them the most successful female group of all time in the UK. But critics, and who really cares what they think, they didn't like the new direction they were going. They said mm. it sounded too American, too R&B, and too much like Destiny's Child and Brandy. Okay. I think that's <laughs> code for from, something. <laughs> I was going to say, if this is coming from um, British critics, <laughs> dare I say there's some undertones of certain things. <laughs> So uh, Rodney... They didn't Jen- use the word urban, did they? <laughs> no, didn't use urban. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Rodney Jerkins, his nickname, Dark Child. Uh, mm. So he travelled to London to work with the group and they wrote three songs in five days. Uh, he also said that they booked in the recording sessions with him 10 months beforehand and he didn't write anything before because he wanted to meet them first before he wrote the songs for them. Very smart. Yeah. Uh, this song... Man, it was uh, Mel C's 11th number one single as a songwriter, making her oh, cool. the female artist with more number ones than any other female in chart history at the time. And uh, she's the only female performer to top the charts in the UK as a solo artist, as part of a duo, a quartet and a quintet. So her, she had a solo one. Then her song with Brian Adams, I think, mm. went number one, or the one with um, Lisa Left Eye. And then quartet, quintet, Spice Girls. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. And that's and that's girl power. That is. That's girl power. <laughs> uh, so they performed this song, even though the critics didn't like it, went to number one. The fans love it. So on their reunion tour, they played this song. Uh, although the critics didn't like them. They said it's too racy for the show because they're all dressed in dominatrix oh. outfits. Uh, in their first reunion tour, uh, Jerry, who was back in the band, she, she left the stage when they did this song because she's not on it. It's not there. Mm. But now uh, in their 2019 tour, she came on and she sang with them. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And it got to number two here in Australia. Kept off the charts by Teenage Dirtbag by yeah. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> See, we rock. Oh, look, if it's going to be kicked off by anyone. <laughs> Yeah, 
Oh, and for everyone, we talked about Tanner's Dirtbag a few weeks ago with Tim Hewitt. Loser. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, everyone who's told me what film it's from. Loser. There you go. So um, if you asked me who you would talk about Teenage Dirtbag with, I would have guessed Tim Hewitt. <laughs> we both loved it. Him going, yeah, bruh, loved it, loved it, yeah. All right. Um, so Spice Girls, do you have a favourite Spice Girls song? Oh, I was I was such a little, like, basic girl, like, um, oh, my God, the names are leaving me. I just say, stop right now thank you very right. much That's that was my stop. favorite yeah stop. well there you go it was yep. called stop it's a good song um, i loved it i loved the dance to it i knew the whole dance yeah did you wear platform sneakers did you have those god no my ankles weren't fully developed yet yeah there was a lot of girls some, um, a lot of girls in my school whose netball careers were over after the spice girls and their platform sneakers i mean i i snapped both ligaments in my feet from futsal so oh. i probably Knowing how my ankles developed anyway, it would have been terrible. Shout out to Rebecca Ward from my high school who fell down the stairs okay. going up into C-Block because of her her Spice Girls-inspired shoes. Rest in peace, Rebecca. You will be missed. Yeah. Uh. All right, moving on. Hey, this one, we talked about him a few weeks ago when he uh, on his song that he kind of filled in with for re- Rewind, the crowd say Bo Selector. This is his debut single. This is Fill Me In. By Craig David. I got something to say, something to say. All right. Can you fill me in? Come on. Can you fill me in? Next door, when her parents went out, she phoned, say, hey, boy, come on right around. So I knock at the door, you were standing with a bottle of red wine, ready to pour, dressed in a long black satin, legs to the floor. So I went in, then we sat down, stopped kissing, caressing, told me about jacuzzi, sounded interesting. So we jumped right in, all calls diverted to answer phone. kind of cool, but they were the fine line between me and you. We were just doing things young people in love do. Parents trying to find out what we were up to. Saying, why were you creeping round late last? Why did I see two shadows moving in your bedroom? Like, now you're dressed in black when I left you were dressed in white. Can you feel me? Yeah, it's a song all about sneaking around, trying not to get caught by your parents. I, I realized while that was happening, I've never seen a photo of Craig David. Oh, he said. Like I've heard, I've heard a heap of him, and I was like, oh my god, I don't know what this man looks like. <laughs> he looks good. He he, he, look, he looks great. Yeah, so, he's got a beautiful voice, doesn't he? He has a great voice. I will yeah. I will give him yes. He, now this uh, this album is from Born to Do It, huge album, sold over mm. seven point five million copies. This is the debut single. It went straight to number one in the UK. Of course it did. It has the dings. Yeah, six here in Australia, top ten in five other countries. The song that displaced it from number one spot in the UK, we, we talked about it the other week with uh, Susie Youssef, Fragma's Toka's Miracle, which is also a very good song. Oh. But this album, in 2009, MTV, MTV viewers were asked, what is the greatest album of all time? This album came in number two. 
What what came in number one? What beat him? Well, lucky you say beat him. Close. Thriller by Michael Jackson. Okay. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Craig David. So this is a very sexy song. Uh, Mm. But he was in the news earlier this year announcing on Louis Theroux's podcast that he's now celibate. Good for him. Yep. He said that in his 20s and 30s, he had so many one-night stands and he went to therapy and had to reflect why he was having so many one-night stands. And (laughs) I'll tell you, Craig, feels good. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. Because you're a good-looking guy and people want to do it with you. Um, (laughs) He he revealed on the podcast it was because he was – Got his heart broken at age sixteen, and he was trying okay. to trying to reclaim some power back. I mean, that feels a little victim blamey to me. <laughs> I don't know how good this one person it, they destroyed me for my whole life. That's a very tortured artist. I mean, this girl must have been amazing if it forced him to fuck nonstop for two decades. Oh God, did I not date a Craig David? Big pun. Just- just trying to figure out if it was me or not. It's like, that sounds like something I would do to a man. <laughs> destroy his life so much he goes celibate. That is absolutely in my wheelhouse. I, I wonder if Louis Theroux knew that he was going to talk about that on the podcast. Because if I had a guest on my podcast, oh, no he just way. starts going, yeah, I, I'm no longer having sex because of like this Well, I'm so girl. glad you brought this up, Josh, because <laughs> I have something to announce. <laughs> you, you want to see me look like really focus in on my page I'm looking at? That's what I'll do. I'll just go, okay, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. Did you have any big high school breakups? No, I didn't date in high school. I <laughs> This is how much of a little shit I was. I thought every boy there was below me. I was like, <laughs> I'm not dating any of you. Like, I'm too good for all of you. What and about then the, I started dating. Okay, what about the uh, end of year, like, ball or leavers dinner? Did you have a date for that or did you just go with friends? Yeah, I had a date. Um, it was a guy who had been expelled from our school, but he still wanted to come to the formal. So in May, he said, can you please take me to the formal so I can come. And I said, sure. And then in November I had to take him because I told him I would. <laughs> and then we arrived in his um car and we taped a cardboard spoiler onto the back because we thought it'd be funny. And it was just like the shittest car you've ever seen. Um, and we all thought it was really funny except one girl in the car who was deeply embarrassed by it. It's so funny how serious some kids take the leavers dinner. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. At our school, you would ask the person a year in advance if they wanted to go with you. And you had to get well, in early because all the good people would get snapped up. Well, yeah, I was eight months early. And I think it's because he knew that I was nice enough to yeah. say yes. He's like, oh, she's the only one who won't fight back. <laughs> uh, but even then I was like, I'm too good for you. There's no way. <laughs> you can try, but it's not going to happen. All right, moving on. This is, they're back again, Five Boys with a Dream. This is NSYNC and their song, This I promise you. Give you hope, keeping your faith when it's gone. 
Here we go, get ready Emma. That was played at so many daddy-daughter dances. Promise rings were given. (laughs) So much celibacy committed to that would not be upheld five years later. (laughs) Soon as soon as they go off to college, it's fun. Like yeah. Oh, that's just just awful. Um, good song though. Yeah. Just just awful vibes. (laughs) So this song, for those who don't, it's the it's the film clip where they're all wearing the big heavy turtlenecks. Like big heavy yes. new turtlenecks. They're in they're in a redwood forest. Okay, it's the final single from the absolutely massive album No Strings Attached. Which I only just realised this Emma when I was doing research for this. The 2011 film No Strings Attached, starring mm. Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, I'm familiar. Came out the same time as the very similar plotted movie Friends with Benefits, starring Justin oh, Timberlake <laughs> and Mila Kunis. So yeah. Justin Timberlake is up against a movie with his album title. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So if you type hey, in... I knew about the dueling movies. I watched yes. both of them. I will say Friends with Benefits was better, but... Well, what's the other one with uh, Anne Hathaway? It's like uh, something, Love on Drugs or something? Oh, Love and Other Drugs, yeah. Love and Other Drugs, yeah. Yeah. Is that, that, that one's a better one, right? I can't even remember. Like, I've seen it. I know I have, but it did not make any impact on me. Okay. <laughs> Well, this see, I, I just think you'd be typing in Justin Timberlake movie, no strings attached. Mm. Or no, Justin Timberlake movie. Or, anyway, no strings attached is going to come up if you search. Yeah. And so you go, oh, that must be the film. Great. And then you, you're stuck there watching Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's quite bad, actually. <laughs> They're sneaking Also, home. I don't give a shit. Text me, Ashton. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this song, number five in the US, 42 here, but the boys at NSYNC, or at least their label, very smart. The fellas, as we call them. The fellas, <laughs> the lads. Because the they, got, they got to record, they got them to record this song in Spanish and it blew up oh. in, in Spanish-speaking like countries all over the world. I was literally going to say the guitar sounds so Enrique Iglesias. Yep. Well, I that, could, yeah. Well, that was really popular at the time as well. You've got Ricky yeah. Martin, Enrique uh, coming through. It's like it was all before Bad Bunny came. Yeah, he can be your hero. Yes. And he was. And the man who wrote this song, well, that man, we've talked about it on the show before. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. He's the man, Emma, who wrote the unreleased theme song for the Howard Stern film Fart Man. <laughs> Why was it unreleased? The movie didn't come out. Weird. Even though he wrote the theme. Mr. Richard Marks, Mr. Right Here Waiting for You himself. He wrote, he wrote this song. Um, good news for anyone who's been uh, listening to all the podcasts. Lou Perlman, their former manager, not involved in this, so not, he gets none of the money. Thank God. Yeah. The this, dog. Yes, absolute dirty dog. Is he? Okay, oh, great. The worst. One of the worst people in all of uh, music history. Um, they also – oh, actually, R. Kelly, they're Lou Perlman. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. I just Tight. That out there. They also, in 2001 – 
played at the Super Bowl halftime show. It was called The Kings of Rock and Pop, and they came out, and so did Aerosmith. Yes, yes, good. And this one doesn't. Josh, get... you seem not to be into that. <laughs> well, it just doesn't get talked as much as the one that Timberlake did with Janet Jackson, even though I think this one is far mm. worse. So this <laughs> is, it's Pete 2001, Emma. So J- Justin involved in both of them as well. Yes. It starts with Ben Stiller reprising his dodgeball character telling both bands they're going to rock it because they are oh, Aerosync. Very funny. <laughs> Not N. Smith, Aerosync. Then NSYNC run onto the oval or the field and they sing Bye 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 and they're out of breath. It, you can watch it. <laughs> they're clearly out of breath. But they're doing it live, so credit to them. So they get through like a shortened version of that song. Then Aerosmith come out and they do that um, Never Gonna Miss a Thing, that, the Armageddon ballad. Yeah. 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 Then NSYNC come back on and they do It's Gotta Be Me. Yep. Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith does the last line and then they break into their song Jaded, which is from their 2001 album, a new song. Don't do new songs. Which at, everyone loves and remembers. Don't do new songs at, at big like halftime shows. No one no. cares. No. The Killers, I'm looking at you when you did the AFL Grand Final. <laughs> Just play Mr. Brightside, play it twice. No one cares, okay? Have you had Jordan Barr on the show? No. She went to see The Killers. Um and she had a spare ticket and asked me to go, but I had awful vertigo. Anyway, she was telling me that they, like, you can clearly pick out which songs were written before and after they converted to Mormonism again. Yeah. She's like, all the good stuff is, like, pre them finding God. And then as soon as they do, you can, like, hear it. <laughs> it's so funny to grow up in Vegas and be really religious. It's like, move somewhere else yeah. then. Go to Utah. Man- this, the suburbs around Vegas are crazy. It's so suburban. I've never I can't been. believe it. Yeah. It's um, it's like the strip is the strip, but then outside of that, it's just all suburbs and it's all like deserted and there's like desert rocks everywhere. It's really strange, really yeah. surreal. It's a desert, yeah. Yeah. All right. So they do the new song and then they come out, both bands join, join forces and they do Walk This Way. So NSYNC taking yeah. the, the Run DMC spot. But then there's cameos from Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. And the, wow. camera, the camera only follows Britney around. What was this, 2002? 2001. 2001. Yeah. 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 Also, at the end, Steven Tyler kisses uh, Britney on the cheek, doesn't go to kiss Mary J. Blige because he's Man, a creep. I'm, I'm sensing a theme in the 2001s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, NSYNC. This I promise you. All right, moving on. Hey, this is not allowed on compilations, but Humpers and Hits, they don't care. We've had the Spice Girls. Now we're having a solo Spice Girl, Mel C, and her song, If That Were Me. Is that that the ding you're talking about? The dings, Yeah. yeah. Some people stop, some people stare 
get it's the, about the homeless. It is about the homeless, yes. <laughs> yes, it really is. It's like the Phil Collins Another Day in Paradise, but the 2000s version. <laughs> um, Why do they do this? I might, do, do you mind if I play a bit more? I, I just want oh, your reaction. Please. I want your reaction on a line coming up. Okay. It only just computed in the chorus. Yeah. I, I didn't really take in the verse either. Here we go. There you go. Mel! I couldn't live without my phone, but you don't even have a home. You know know what has happened here? She was walking to the recording session, saw a homeless person, and it was just on her mind. And she went went into the writing room, was like, I've I've just seen a homeless man. It's really, really cut me up. And they're like, let's use that challenge that channel that we can laugh but she did her heart was in the right place because all the proceeds from this single went to a chippenham charity called can do arts which is an organization helping to engage people with arts who may not have access to it great so it wasn't necessarily it wasn't a homeless charity it was getting them in to do some art which is great i'm not bagging out but yeah but even with that it couldn't go top five Okay. I can't live without my phone. It was only 2001. I know. Mel. All you could do on it was text, call, and play Snake. There was nothing else you could do. I mean, it's an addictive game, it Josh. Was. I don't know what to tell you. It was. Uh, this came at number 18. Um, so, <laughs> and look, it, it's not all Mel's fault either. She didn't write it on her own. She hired. No, I know. You can tell. <laughs> she, she hired Rick Knowles to help her out. And we've talked about him before. He's. He's written so many great songs. He he wrote three songs on Madonna's Ray of Light uh, album. He wrote uh, "Here with Me," the Dido song. Mm. Uh, he he's written a bunch of songs with Lana Del Rey. He Did wrote... he have anything to do with um, "Do They Ever Know It's Christmas" at all? <laughs> <laughs> the the sister song to this, if you yes. will. <laughs> he wrote uh, co-wrote the New Radicals. You get what you give. Great song. He wrote Belinda Carlisle's "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." So, Rick, spend an extra half hour and come up with a, something a bit better than phones are good, but imagine not having a roof. That's, yeah. Man, the moment, I wish I could relive that moment of realising what that song was about. <laughs> that was truly magic. Well, I filmed it. We can, I can show you. I'll, I'll cut that up and you can see. Right. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's a moment where you see my brain like, yeah. hang on a second. <laughs> Singing about someone homeless. Uh, oh, in- Awesome. The year before uh, this compilation, but when this came out, she did a cameo trying to break it in America on the Norm Macdonald show. Oh, yeah, as herself. Uh, and not she, two people I would have thought cross paths. No, but uh, she's got some lines in the show, so it's like it was Norm sitcom, and her lines are like so. Norm's friend is pretending to be her makeup artist, mm. and so they're just in a little like wardrobe department. And she's doing her makeup. And then Mel C says, well, in the beginning, there were actually 40 Spice Girls, but they couldn't hack it. There was Sweaty Spice, Skanky Spice, Silly Spice, Pete Best. Right. Oh, Pete Best, yes. From I'm the familiar. Beatles. Yeah. From the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. So, see, not just songs that could do with the rewrite. 
even the jokes in the Norm McDonald show could probably do with some punching up. I I just remembered in music class in year eight, we had to write a song that was like based on the Beatles and we just wrote like a history of the Beatles. And I just remember the bit that goes, they got rid of Pete and Stu, it died. Hired George and Ringo side by side. That's great. That's how I know who Pete Best is. Because they got rid of Pete. In in drama, our teacher made us do a, a movement piece uh, not dance, a movement piece. Yes, and great. she wanted us to do it to uh, the Phil Collins song that I mentioned before, Another Day in Paradise. <laughs> and we decided we were, we were going to do it. We said, no, nah, we're doing it to a Pearl Jam song. And she got really, really angry at us because she just thought it was going to be like a heavy rock song. But we did it to Better Man. And I remember, I remember the teacher crying in class saying that was beautiful. Yeah. We did what did you – what move, kind of movement – Oh no! It was a story of um, oh no! It was Nothing Man. I think it was. Anyway, it was a story of a just a, like interpretive telling the story. A or? parent leaving a child and there being an oh. argument and leaving and you know heartbreaking. In Bernie in the nineties, it was a real, real <laughs> truth truth telling. We were to be a fly on that wall, Josh. <laughs> just seeing the creative process. All right, moving on. Hey, we talked about them. We've talked about them twice before. This is another Australian band. This is Madison Avenue and their song, Everything You Need. Here we go. What do you think of that one? I love Madison Avenue. Yeah. I think everything they do is incredible. <laughs> what, Have you, one are you familiar with um, Wawalissa? Yes. Yeah. I, I've, I haven't seen them do their Madison Avenue bit though. Oh, it's, I got to tell the, the listeners about it. If you don't know, there's a sketch duo called Wawalissa, um, Australian-based sketch duo. They are, they have a sketch about Madison Avenue and it might be the hardest I've ever laughed in my life at a comedy show. It's just about how all of Madison Avenue's song titles sound like they went down to a restaurant and just listened to couples fighting. And like, it's like, don't call me baby. Like, oh, it's it's unbelievable. But um, I can't now listen to Madison Avenue without thinking of Wawa Lisa. They poisoned me. Uh, this song charted top 10 in only two countries. 
and listeners, you'll know what two countries it are if you are long-time gompies. One, Australia. The other, Hungary. Hungary. Emma, Hungary and Australia have very similar tastes when it comes to music. Seriously. So, so many songs that only charted here also only charted in Hungary. I cannot tell you. I try, Last night I was researching popular songs in Hungary and I couldn't so find funny. any reason why we just have similar tastes. That's great. Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder, I wonder yeah. what we got. Maybe a few like of a like Contigi stragglers are like lifting yeah. the their weight over there. Oh, uh, maybe there's like a really popular Aussie bar over there, like a like a walkabout that they're like. Oh, oh yeah, there's got to we'll, be. We'll yeah. play all the all the Aussie hits, and people will come here and yeah, watch eighties yeah, yeah. AFL highlights on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go the go the Fitzroy Lions. Yeah, <laughs> right. Nothing more to say about Madison Avenue unless you have anything, Emma. No, I, I've said my piece. Great, well done. All right. Our final song. Now, listen, I thought this is going to be the final song of the entire podcast, but I've discovered after volume 33, there's a few more. There's three more compilations, so we have six more oh episodes my God. left. This is not the final episode. Hey, don't stop. This, this is Kylie Minogue and her song, On a Night Like This. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That's the best song on this album. It's a great song. She, she doesn't miss, does she? She she really doesn't. The fact that she's still top of the charts in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, she's on. I was literally just thinking, I'm going to have to add that to my Spotify playlist this this um, month. He's so a, good. She's also, second time she's appeared on this album. She was on the first half of this album. Twice. Yeah, with Kids, the Robbie Williams uh, duo. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, so, my parents loved Robbie Williams. <laughs> that's good. I, I don't mind Robbie. You know what? They had a live DVD of him and they played it every Sunday while we cleaned the house. Do you know? I've seen that concert so many times. Is that the one at either Wembley or like... Um, Wembley, yeah. Yeah. So do you know he plays that to his own kids because they don't believe that he was a pop star? Because <laughs> he lives he in America. He plays kids to them. He, yeah. plays, he, he lives in America and in America he never really oh. made it. Yeah. And so he, these kids don't realise he's actually a huge pop star. And so he goes, no, come and look at this. This is All these people are here to see Dad. Uh, honestly, I'm going to be doing that with my kids and, like, yeah. episodes of Have You Been Paying Attention? <laughs> Man, boy's on the TV! <laughs> 
Uh, so this was this song was number one in Australia twice. Once on September 18, then it was knocked off by Madonna's music. Then Pink's Most Girls went to number one. And then on the 9th of October, Kylie rightfully went back to number one. She's back. Now, this is a cover. It's from... Is her, it? Yeah, it's a cover. Released the year before by Swedish singer Pandora. And the, oh. the Swedes know how to write a song. I'll play her version. Yeah. It sounds yeah, very do. similar. The only thing different is the vocals. So... It's the same, but I'll go to the cover. I'll go to the vocals. It's the same song. It is exactly the same. I don't know if they just gave her the music and said, "I'll just do your own vocals over the top of it." But it's exactly the the same. They know how to write synth pop, though, don't they? Oh, they sure do. God, they're amazing. Yeah. Okay, so this was performed at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. At the closing ceremony. Mm. So Kylie mm. performed Abba's Dancing Queen and this song. Why she didn't just do two Kylie songs, I don't know. Why they didn't get Nikki Webster out? I know this was pre all her hits, but it would have been a great time to debut them. Just another one. I, okay. saw, I saw her. Oh. I went to that. I went to the Matildas, um, uh, like, Thank You in Brisbane. Yeah. And then um, at the start they had this, like, cover band, like, like entertaining everyone before they came out. They played Strawberry Kisses. And as a joke, I was like, oh, man, if they got Nikki Webster out, I'd lose my mind. And then we were leaving because Duncan's hip hurt. (laughs) And as we were leaving, I heard the first two notes and I dug my nails into his arm. I don't think I've ever grabbed him that hard in my life. And I went, we're stoned. (laughs) It was incredible. Best moment of my life. I loved it because she was on uh, Nick Cody's radio show like a a week before Really, Was pitch, she? really pitching going, I'd love to do anything. Because some um, UFC fighter uh, that Cody was into walks out to mm-hmm. dumb pop songs. And yeah. Cody was like, I reckon you should walk out to Strawberry Kisses by Nikki Webster. And he's like, it's on the list. And she was like, I'd love to do it. I'd love to. She's like, she wants to work. She wants this comeback. I love her. And she deserves the comeback. Good energy. And she deserves the comeback. She's yep. so good. She was a magnetic presence on stage. Everyone loves her. Yeah. Okay. So Kylie has performed this song in every tour she's done since it's released, except for the anti-tour, which was just her B-sides and rarities, mm. uh, which she did five shows and she grossed $1.7 million in those five shows. Well done, Kylie. It's crazy you can promote it as like B-sides and still make that much money. Yeah. 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 Nuts. Uh, all, all, all the songs that you don't even know. It's great. Uh, this At this stage was her most successful she'd ever been in the country as well. It was her first number one album, which surprises me because I thought mm. that her self-titled album with Confide in Me would have been number one. That was in 94, but no. Mm. Uh, but she was just ramping up. She was just getting started because her next year after this, 2001, she releases Fever. And that's that's when we that's see the, the girl one. hot pants. That's can't get yeah. you out of my head. But we're going to talk about that. In later episodes. All right. Okay, Emma, we're at the end of the show. So what we do now mm-hmm. is we go through them and you, Emma Holland, you tell me if it's a hit or not, okay? So because they say uh, 100% hits, we need to know. Be Yourself by Mochiba. Was this a hit? Not a hit. Not a hit. Chain to You by Savage Garden. Hit. Big hit. <laughs> Irresistible by The Cause. Not a hit. Walk of Life by Billy Piper. Swing and hit. Absolute hit. Holler by the Spice Girls. Hit me. It's a hit. Fill me in, Craig David. Hit. I'll say it. This I Promise You by NSYNC. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> if that were me, the homelessness song by Mel C. Hit, absolute hit, <laughs> hundred times a hit. Everything you need by Madison Avenue. Hit. And on a night like this, Kylie Minogue. Hits. That's eighty percent hits. That's very high score, Emma. Is it high for this podcast? It's high. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I, wouldn't dis- I reckon I, there I'd were say... only two real stragglers on there. And sinks on the borderline, but I think. I mean, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it wasn't a hit, you know? Yeah, see, for me personally, I, I'd I'd also go 80, but I'd swap uh, NSYNC with Be Yourself by Mochiba. But that's... Yeah, fair yeah. enough. But I remember yeah. coming down in Launceston going, I need something to chill me out. It's fine. <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this, Emma. Have you got stuff to plug? Uh, God, do I? Yes, I do. Wait, when's this coming out? Today. Oh, great. I am in Sydney next week doing a work in progress show. It'll be quite rough, but very fun. Um, And if you're in Brisbane, I run a new material night every, uh, the last, at the moment, it's the last Tuesday of every month, but it might move to the weekend, but just go onto Good Chat's website and keep up with that. Brilliant. Um, If you're in Melbourne, I'm doing four Don't You Know Who I Am's in November, Sundays in November at the Catfish followed by uh, work in progress shows. So uh, I think tickets are $20 from joshell.com.au. Go there. I'd love to see you there. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Thanks, listeners. I'll see you next time. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.